This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's a privilege for me to uh, be able to, to share with you tonight what, is, uh, what I believe God has laid on my heart. It's actually so amazing how though the, um, the worship and the songs uh, really so aligned to uh, what God laid on my heart and um, what I want to share. He is a almighty God, amen? <clears throat> he orchestrates things. Sure, at one point there in worship, I just I didn't want it to end, to be honest. And um, tonight, the, the topic for even is restlessness, but what, are, what we experience tonight in, in worship, that's the opposite of restlessness. What we experience in the presence of God, that is exactly the opposite of restlessness. That is what we are after tonight. And I'm excited tonight because I believe uh, this is a word in season. And I believe tonight that um, God wants to set us free from restlessness in our hearts. And He wants to um, come and do a new thing. And He wants to bring content and that, that peace and that just knowing that you, you belong. Amen? So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Anybody else excited with me? <laughs> rent, a, rent a crowd. And uh, I also believe God is one day, He wants to give us the, the resolution or the, He wants to show us how do we resolve restlessness in, in our lives. Amen. But before we just go into a little bit about myself, I'm Stephen, Stephen Montgomery. I'm a married, married man. Um, Yvette is my wife, for those that don't know, she's with the kids at home. Two kitties, Francie, three and a half, Jock is about 13, 14 months. Um, almost uh, getting to the, well, he should be walking soon, standing up and moving around now. So it's quite an exciting time. Yeah, we're used to those type of cries at home. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've been, we've been married seven and a half years, myself and Yvette. And it's really been a blessing we started dating about 14 years ago or 15 years ago, so we've known each other for, for quite some time, and uh, yeah, it's just been a special journey. I just wanted to <clears throat> share tonight that um, you know something that really has blessed our marriage and blessed our relationship is to do ministry together as a husband and wife or as a couple. And I want to encourage you guys, uh, for the guys that in, the couples or the, the married, to do ministry together, do intercession together, do life group together, go on missions together. Missions is our favorite thing. We've like experienced so much life through just going on missions to, together. We've had such fun times. Um, and uh, actually, it's been quite a while since we've gone on a mission together. Since my daughter was born, it's just been a bit more difficult or it's been difficult to both go. We've been separate to, to things, but Going together has just been a challenge, obviously, because of the kids. But uh, this year we're making our comeback. Amen? With a shofar porch. We're flying in the grandparents. And uh, they're going to come and look after, the, look after the kids while we go away for the weekend to porch. Um, so we're so excited. Um, you know, there's something that happens when, when you serve God together as a couple. There's, there's something really special that God does. Um, and I want to encourage you to, to go for it and... And do it. So, just a, another story about 
tonight we we sh- speaking about restlessness and um, in the beginning of our marriage <clears throat> we had a quite a couple of restless nights um, because I I had the thing that I I did uh, while sleeping I call it the 180 flip you know when you when you when you when you're lying down and you're just like a little bit tired of lying on the one side uh, so you know you want to get more comfortable so you move along to you know, just to the other side and then you sleep further. Now, during my student years, I perfected that, um, you know, that, uh, that art of 180 flipping. Because instead of like slowly turning, you know, when you slowly turn, you, you wake up and, you know, the blanket is not lacking and everything, so you take time to get back, back to sleep. But I, I, through this couple of years, I taught myself how to do the 180 flip. Now, the 180 flip is like flipping a patty. You know, there's, there's nothing in between. You need to actually propel yourself off the bed. And they're like a 180, so literally like, whoop, tsh, and then you go back to sleep. The, the problem with, with that is that uh, it's not so nice to the person that's sleeping next to you. Um, it's because uh, I would do a great 180 flip, score 100 marks for that, and then my wife would be flipping off the bed. And um, I also taught myself the, the clutch, and, clutch and hold, you know, the duvet. Clutch and hold onto the duvet while you do it. So she would flip off the bed basically without a duvet, um, so we had quite a couple of restless nights uh, those, those first, first years. I think it was about a year and a half or so in after a lot of nudging and elbows and been talking to you then. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've slowly changed my ways. Um, and these days I just slowly turn around. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the type of sacrifices us husbands have to do for our wives, right? Um, yeah, that's just a, just a little story. But... Um, you know, when, when it comes to, to restlessness and the topic of restlessness, when I, when I look out in the world and, and, and in the workplace, um, I see a whole lot of restless people. I see a whole lot of chasing after the next thing. I see a whole lot of people just being restless, going from one thing to another, to another, to another. Just, you know, even athletes... Climbing that Everest, but once they're on top there, they're not satisfied. They still have that restlessness going on in their spirit. And then it's on to the next thing, and then it's, it's on to the next thing. It in a sense, so many people are driven today with the spirit, this, this restless spirit. They're so driven to do things and, and, and go places and, and change things in the hope that they would somehow receive rest. Yet, they don't find that rest. They just keep on going. And, and it's actually, you know, in a sense, for those that, that have rest and have peace and have calm and have content, when we look at these people, we almost become restless ourselves. Because we think like something is wrong with us. Why aren't we running around? Why aren't we chasing the next thing? And... Um, so somehow we've we've lost the ability to just sit still, to be quiet, like this. Just be quiet. Just be still. Now, and the unfortunate thing is, it's also crept into the church. Many of us, it, we, we've lost that skill. We've lost that art. We've lost that discipline of being able to sit for a couple of hours just under the Word of God, just reading the Word, 
just sitting in His presence. Not expecting anything, not just being. You know, because there's that thing called FOMO. But while you're sitting there, you think, ah, oh, I've got this fear of missing out. There's something else happening that's more exciting than what I'm doing right now. So I better hurry. I better just get through this stuff because I need to move. I need to go. You know, that feeling of waking up in the morning and then and immediately thinking about what you're going to eat. And when you eat, you, you're already thinking about the coffee after the, the meal. And when you have the coffee, you're not enjoying the coffee because you're already thinking about, you know, where I need to go now. And then you maybe take a walk on the beach. And while you're taking a walk on the beach, you're thinking about, what am I going to have for lunch? And then you have lunch. And then you think about supper. And you have supper. You think about the, the movie that you're going to watch afterwards or the series. And when you have the se- series, you think about tomorrow's breakfast again. And it's just a rushing. There's no... We're not present. We're not present in the, in the moment. There's this restlessness that, that drives us to the next thing with that hope or this somehow mirage in front of us that when we get there, then we will have rest. And um, is it just me or have you, have you, have you also seen it? Now, let, let's just have a look at the, the definition there of, of restless. Before we go, the, question, the real question here tonight, the question here tonight is, where is this restlessness coming from? Why am I restless? Where is it coming from? And how do we resolve this restlessness? So, the definition there of, of restlessness from the Cambridge Dictionary, unwilling or unable to stay still or to be quiet and calm. Because you are worried or bored. An example, he's a restless type. He never stays in one country for long. Synonyms, uneasy, fidgety, ed- edgy, on edge, tense, work, nervous, agitated, anxious, on hooks, keyed up, apprehensive, impatient. I think we're starting to get the, the point, the idea here of, of what it means to be restless. You know, when I'm restless, I want to do things. When I'm restless, I always want to do things. I want to either cut my hair or cut my shave my beard or build something or I want to just do things. I, I like building things, but often it becomes an escape because I've because I'm restless. I feel like if I do something that I like, if I do the building, that, that's going to go. That's going to satisfy me, right? If I just build something, that's going to be okay. Then I can, but it never works. It never satisfies. So I run to the next thing and I, and I run to the next thing trying to, to satisfy this restlessness in me, but it, it doesn't get, get satisfied. How about you? How about you this evening? How, how's it going with your soul? How, how's your spirit? Restless? You know, let me, let me bring it a bit closer to home. Let's look at in, in, in work, for example. How does restlessness look at work? Restlessness look, look at work, it looks like being tired, being stressed out, thinking to yourself, hey, I'm underpaid, overworked. I don't want to be here anymore. I, I'm, I'm not enjoying this job anymore. Maybe in, in church, you're restless in, in church, thinking like, oof, you know, the sermons are a bit too long there. Worship is a bit too loud. Chairs are a bit too hard. You, you, you're rest, restless. You, you can't find your place. And 
somehow maybe there's another church, maybe there's another place that's better. I just restless. I'm not finding my feet. I'm, that one thing that the pastor said, I don't really agree with him. I, I'm restless. I can't. Maybe I'm just move on. What about um, what about your calling? Wrestling with your calling, not no longer having that passion that God has given you. No longer passionate about your calling, about your your purpose. No longer on fire for God, what He what He what He called you to do. You've just thinking to yourself, maybe you know, maybe my calling isn't so significant. Maybe maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe. The other guy's calling looks a bit better. Maybe I should try that. Just restless with what your, your calling and your purpose. Where are you at tonight? Your marriage. Maybe you're thinking here tonight that, you know, we're not talking to each other anymore, so lacquer. We're not connecting that well anymore in our marriage. Just have this uneasy feeling in, in, in your marriage that it's, it's no longer working. It's not. Maybe she wasn't the right one all along. Maybe he wasn't the right one all along. Because there's this restlessness. Because where does it come from? And how do we resolve this, this restlessness? Let's talk about um, relocating. Thinking about, yeah, East London is just not the place for me anymore, you know? I'm just not happy anymore in East London. But if I move to Joburg, I'm sure I'm going to be happy there. If I move to Cape Town, if I move to Durban or Bloom or PE, surely I'm just not happy anymore here in East London. Something's not, not lacking. Maybe we must just change things around. The question is, how do we resolve that restlessness in us? Where is it coming from? How do we resolve it? What do we do with this restlessness? You know, do we just... When it comes to work, do we just quit our jobs? Do we just quit our jobs and, and move to the next thing? The next job? Who's tried that? How's it, how's, it, how's it been going for you? Hopping from job to job to job to job. Do we just say, you know, okay, I'm not happy, I'm just going to try the next job. And I'm not happy there, I'm going to try the next job. I'm not happy there, I'm going to try the next job. What about churches? Should we just leave church? Should we just go to the next church? I mean, there's many churches in town. Let's do church hopping. Let's try this church and stay a little bit. And when I feel a bit uneasy, I feel a bit restless, ugh, I'll just go to the next one. And when I feel restless there, I'll just go to the next one again. Is that, is that where God wants us to be? Never being planted? Never being faithful? Never being committed in one place? What about your marriage? Maybe... You know, is it, is it better just to call it quits and say, hey, let's just, let's just separate, let's divorce, let's, let's call it quits. Let's, we no longer love each other, we no longer get along. You know, maybe it's, there's someone better for me. Maybe there's someone, a better guy, there's a better lady for me. Is that, is that the answer? Is that how we get rid of the restlessness in our, in our hearts? You know, the... <laughs> The, single want, the singles want to get married. The married are looking to the singles. Crazy. Restlessness. Restlessness. What about the, the, the calling? Should we just say, Father, 
You are the creator. You are the one that created me. You are the one that gave me a calling and a purpose. But Lord, just give me another one. Just change my calling. Change who you've created me to be. I like that calling on that person better. Is that, is that the answer to the restlessness? Or maybe, you know, just because of all these things going on in our heart, this restlessness, let's just relocate. That's going to solve it. Let's just go. Let's start afresh, you know. New people, new town, new relationships. That's going to sort it, right? <laughs> Is that the answer? Just relocate? Just, just, just move? Let's, um, I want to show you uh, a video, and then we're going to have a look at at the Word of God and going to see what is, he, what is He saying about restlessness? Where is it coming from? And uh, how do we resolve restlessness in our lives? I mean, let's, let's quickly have a, a look at the video. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country. severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. 
For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Also, the story of the, the prodigal son. And uh, I think some of you might be thinking, what on earth does the story of the prodigal son have to do with restlessness and the resolve to restlessness? But I want to say to you this evening that, and I want to show you in the scripture that the story of the prodigal son is actually all about restlessness. The whole story is about a young son becoming restless. Somehow a young son becoming distant, becoming cold in his relationship with his father. And all the, along the way, becoming restless. And the whole story about the prodigal son is this, this journey of how he's searching to find rest, to get resolved from this restlessness. And how he, he journeys and, and eventually comes to the realization that maybe it's only through restored relationship that restlessness will be resolved. But let's, let's look in the, um, into the scripture. Hallelujah. Let me just pray for us. Father, hallelujah. we ask God for revelation from scripture, God. As we read, thank you, Lord, that you open our eyes. Holy Spirit, welcome. Come and teach each one of us individually in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can read with me there, Luke 15, verse 11 to 20. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and they squandered his wealth in wild living. Okay, so let's just pause a little bit there. Question. The son, why did he ask the father for his inheritance? Did he ask because of wealth? Did he want to be rich? No, he already had everything in the house. His father was a rich man. His father was a wealthy man. We read further that his father had many hirelings, many servants. And he, he divided his wealth and the, the younger son was wealthy with the portion that he received from the father. So the father must have been very wealthy. So he definitely didn't ask the father for, for his portion because of wealth. The, the, the younger son, he probably grew up, you know, he grew up with many servants. He probably had everything his heart desired in, in his father's house. They probably, you know, cleaned after him and made food and everything in his father's house. But something happened to, to the son along the way. His heart grew cold. At one point in time, his heart grew cold for some reason towards his father. You know why I say that? Because in the Jewish culture, if you ask your father for your inheritance, you're basically telling your father, you are dead to me. Because you receive your inheritance when your father dies. And what the son was basically telling his father is, Dad, you as good as dead to me. Give me my inheritance. Relationally, you are dead to me. So I believe there is something that started to, 
he, be, he started to wrestle with something. He became restless. And I think the one thing I imagine that he thought to himself, maybe this restlessness, maybe I'll resolve this restlessness if I'm no longer under my father's provision, but if I'm actually in control of my own wealth. I'm in any case wealthy, but if, if I'm no longer sitting under it, if I'm controlling it, then I won't be restless. So he asked for it. But you can see that doesn't still the restlessness because, you know, he didn't, he didn't receive his wealth and then directly went. He received his wealth and it says there a little while longer or some, some time afterwards. Not long afterwards. It means that he was still in the house for some time. But he wasn't satisfied. And he must have thought to himself, maybe it's not enough to be in control of my wealth. Maybe I'm a start afresh. Maybe I'm a start new in a distant country. Maybe then I will be at rest, at peace. Maybe there I will get rest when I'm doing my own thing. You know, and there, it says that he squandered his wealth in wild living, but I want to tell you, he, he was, the father was very wealthy, and the, the young man received a lot of wealth. He didn't squander his, his money, his wealth, in one day or one week. It was probably months or even years he was living this life. And I just imagine that during that time he probably did many different things, lived in different places, tried different relationships. The story doesn't tell it, but I'm just thinking. He probably had tried many different jobs, many um, uh, different women, sleeping around. He tried alcohol and drugs and everything to try and satisfy this restlessness within him. Yet he couldn't satisfy, because we see at the end, he came to the point where actually all his wealth was spent. After hopping around, after jumping around, after trying various things, the restlessness remained. And we see, himself, we see him at this point where he's gone full circle. Because now he's at a place where he's really poor. And his basic need of being fed is not even being met anymore. He's gone from rich to poor all along the way, the restlessness remained in him. And even now that he's poor, the restlessness is still there. Let's, let's continue. Verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to be full, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no, no one gave him anything. Full circle, from rich to poor, yet still restless. And then we see this amazing thing in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, let's say senses. You know, I believe many of us and many people in the world, we need to come to our senses, to that place where we realize why we are so restless in our spirit. And until we don't come to that place, we will carry on running around and never find rest. And it's at this point that I believe, let, let, me, let me continue to read. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. I believe at this point, 
when he came to his senses, he realized that nothing can satisfy the restlessness that is in him. And I believe he came to a point where he realized that it's only reconciliation, it's only if he's reconciled to the Father, to his Father in relationship that can resolve the restlessness in his heart. He was probably thinking that I'll just go back and even if I'm just a servant, you know, even if I'm just a servant, at least there would be a relationship with my father. And I've got to hope that the relationship, because the relationship gets restored, the restlessness will be resolved. So this is the, this is the point. This is the, the crux of, of, I believe, the story and the crux of the message this evening is that the root of restlessness is a lack of relationship. The root of restlessness is actually lack of relationship. Therefore, if we focus on restoring relationship, the restlessness will be resolved. The root of restlessness is a lack of relationship. If we focus on restoring relationship, restlessness will be resolved. What is it? What is it? Um, what does it mean to you and me? You know, what does it? What does it mean? It means that if you are restless, we need to run back to our Father. We need to come back home. We need to go to Father God. Which relationship do we need to restore? First and foremost, relationship with Father God, our Heavenly Father, because. True rest only comes from Him. True peace and rest and joy and content only comes from the Father. And without relationship with the Father, you will never have rest. We've been created in the image of God. We've been created, God created us in such a way that we will not have rest if we don't have relationship with Him. This is how we've been designed. This is how we've been created. So first and foremost, how do we resolve the restlessness in our heart? We need to reconcile. We need to go back to the Father. I've found it over and over in my life when I'm restless and I run too many things, it never gets resolved. It only, it always points to a lack of relationship with my Heavenly Father. Always points to a brokenness in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. And when I go to Him and when I restore that relationship with Him, suddenly the restlessness is resolved in my heart. So where do we start? This is where we start. We start with a relationship with the Father. We st- How do we have a relationship with the Father? Through the Son, accepting the Son, Jesus Christ. It's as simple as accepting the Son, Jesus Christ. He has paid the price, and therefore we can have a relationship with the Father. And after we, afterwards, we can ask the Father to pour out His Spirit on us, His Holy Spirit, so we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because He's God with us. He's God with us here. So first and foremost, we need to sort out relationship with, with our Heavenly Father. But I want to challenge you tonight further than that. If you have done that, and if you've reconciled relationship with the Father and you're still restless, I want to challenge you to, before you quit your job, to ask God, why, where is the relationship that I need to resolve in the workplace? Because I can guarantee you there's relational issues, there's relational that's been broken, and therefore there's restlessness at work. So before you quit your job, ask God, where is that relationship that I need 
to restore? Where is the relationship that I need to restore? Amen? If it's in, in church, I want to challenge you, don't run away. Don't go to the next church. This is why we've got so many bonsai Christians. Uprooted, planted, uprooted, planted, uprooted, planted, uprooted, planted. No root system. God wants us to be oaks of righteousness, but we are bonsais because we are uprooted, planted, uprooted, planted. Don't be faithful. Stick. Stay in the house. Stay in the house. If there's offense, if there's bitterness, if there's something that crept in, if there's relational issues, get the guts to go and resolve the relational issues. But stick. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for anointing. Ask God for His empowerment. Ask God for courage. But go and resolve the, uh, restore the relationship. Don't run away. Similar to your calling. If your calling is dwindled, probably you've received hurt. Somewhere you've picked up hurt in your calling. Relationally. Most of the time it's relationally. Ask God, where did you pick it up? Go and resolve. Go and make right. Go and clear the ground. Even if it's just from your side. Say, man, I forgive you. I, I've, I've moved, I want us to move on. Go and make right. Relationally. And see how the restlessness in your heart gets resolved. If it's in your marriage, I want to plead with you tonight. Fight for marriage. Don't give up on one another. Fight for marriage. It's okay to say I'm battling. It's okay to say it's not going well. No problem. But get help. Get counseling. Do whatever it takes. But fight for marriage. God has put a man and woman together, covenant, and no man shall separate that. It cannot be separated without a lot of hurt. Because you've become one flesh. And to separate that, it literally means you need to tear apart one another. There's a lot of damage that takes place. Obviously, there's reconciliation, but fight for marriage. Fight for marriage. Amen? And I want to say to you, in terms of relocation, don't relocate if there's restlessness in your heart. Of course, God can tell you to relocate. I'm not saying you don't relocate. And sometimes... You can still have a bit of uneasiness. You don't have everything figured out, but God has told you to relocate, then please go. If God has given you a purpose, if God has given you a calling, if God has given you a word, then go. I'm not talking about that. But if there's restlessness in your heart because of relational things, don't go. You'll soon find yourself on the other side in the same situation. Man up, go and, or woman up, and go and restore, go and reconcile relationally. Amen? You know, imagine, just imagine with me how it would look if we do not have any restlessness among us. Imagine if there's no restlessness in the church. If there's no restlessness to be found in Christians. Imagine how the world would be drawn to us. People would walk in here and just experience contentment. Peace, belonging, people that are happy with who they are, people are satisfied with who God created them, people that's got a passion and a drive because they know that they are accepted by Father, Daddy in heaven. People not running from one thing to another, but people content where they are at. Imagine how easy it would be to point people to say, Brother, 
Or sisters, wow, you've come home. Welcome. So easy to say to him, this is the issue. The restlessness in your heart is very simple. It's because you don't have a relationship with Father God. And we can point them to the Father and help them to restore that. It's so easy. Can you see that? Can you, can you see the church being powerful when we have no more restlessness in us? And we can do this. How can we do this? I'm not saying that you'll never become restless, but the, the point is when we become restless, to go and restore relationship. Not to run away from it, but to know where to go. When we go re- get restless, to know, hey, it's probably relationally something's not right. First check in with your Father in heaven. Father, what is happening? Why? Why am I so restless? Restore that relationship. Come back to Him. Then ask Him, where, where are those other areas? Why am I so restless in other areas? Let's go and restore those relationships. I want to share with you one more, more scripture. If you are thinking, or if you are ever thinking or wondering what the Father is thinking about you, I want to make it very clear to you tonight. Because sometimes we've got really wrong thinking or we've got of what the Father is thinking about us. And you don't have to wonder because Scripture is super clear on what the Father is thinking about you. I want to show you here in, in Luke 15, verse 20 to 24. But while he was still a long way off, his Father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. I want to say to you that the Father is looking for you. He's wanting you to come home. He's longing for you to come home. He's the King of Kings. But He's waiting for you. He's looking to you. He sees you. He's looking out for you. He ran to His Son, threw His arms around Him and kissed Him. The Son said to Him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your Son. But the father said to his servant, Quickly, bring the best robe and put it on him. Robe speaking of righteousness. The father wants to clothe you in righteousness. He wants to remove sin and shame from you. This is the thoughts that father God has about you. When you come to him, he's going to put a robe on you. He's going to remove your sin. He's going to remove your shame. This is the thinking that the Father has about you. Put a ring on his finger. Ring speaking about authority. The Father wants to give you authority. Sandals on his feet. The Father wants to give you sandals. He wants to labor with you in the kingdom of God. He doesn't want you to labor for him like a slave but with him like a son, like a daughter. You won't be working for him, you'll be working with him. This is the thoughts that the Father has for you. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. When you come home, the Father will celebrate you. He wants to celebrate you. He will slaughter the fatted calf. The scripture says, when one person comes back to the Father, there's a celebration. The whole of the heavens is celebrating when one person comes back to God. 
So don't entertain the lies of the devil. Don't entertain the demonic voices. Don't entertain the voices of the world that who they say you are. The truth is you are loved by God. He wants to put a robe on you. He wants to put a ring on you. He wants to put sandals on your feet. He wants to do kingdom with you. He wants to have relationship with you. He wants to celebrate you. He's looking for you. He's thinking about you. You're not a mistake. You've been created with a purpose and a destiny. There's a calling on your life to impact nations and generations, to impact people groups, to raise the next generation. There's a calling on each one of our lives. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.